The reviews are not in this week because we couldn't get out to a theater or find something new streaming or make notes on anything. But there's a ton of news, so we thought we'd do a show. Show. How's that? He's still Todd Vandenberg. I'm occasionally Rob Steele. And this has been a this has just been a weird week. It's been a weird week for you. It's been a weird week for me. It's been a very weird week for me. Yes. Not as weird as uh, some of the things we got in this first first news bit. Um, I am going to start with some bad news. Uh, Bernard Cribbins died. A lot of people know him from uh, from Doctor Who as Donna Noble's dad. He yep. did a lot, ton of BBC stuff. Actually, I found out he was in the 1966 Doctor Who movie. Different character. But still, lots of Doctor Who in his history. Um, Mary Alice died at age 86. She was the second mat- uh, Oracle in the Matrix movies. Yep. And now it gets kind of weird. Um, I saw a thing where Paul Sorvino died. Mm-hmm. Again. And I say that because I'm pretty sure, you know, it said Paul Sorvino dead at 83. I remember seeing articles that said Paul Sorvino dead at 81, 79, 78, and 73. Nah, I mean, he's just one of those guys they like to kill off, sadly. I, I, I guess it's a thing because uh, this week we also had Tony Dow, who was announced as being dead. And then his family went, no, he's not. He's over there. He's in a hospice and he's got a bad heart, but he's just, oh, wait, it's the next day. Now he is dead. And the very next day. Yeah, that was a really bizarre story. Um, I put it in the notes that, oh, Tony Dow died. I'll mention that. And then the next day, no, he's not dead. Oh, I'll mention that, too. And then the next day, oh, nope, he he really, wait, is he or isn't he? And then he is. And David Warner. And David Warner. I'm sorry, I left David Warner. How could I have left David Warner out? Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's a, a lot of, I mean, none of them are exactly titans of the industry, but pretty key figures for sure. Yeah. Especially, to me, especially, I mean, I like the movies that Warner was in more than Paul Servino, but I think probably Servino is probably a bigger figure but it just depends but he kicked off law and or- he he was uh yeah. jerry orbach character before jerry orbach yes he was and he's great he's great in everything but that that the most the, the coolest thing i've seen paul servino in and i watched law, law and order religiously and he was like literally like i would have a little shrine and i would genuflect and i would watch law and order um is is his reaction to his daughter's oscar win I just watched that this week, you know, because it came up because of, of his passing. And man, it's just it's just really, really emotional watching the father, you know, how proud he was and, and breaking up because she thanks him for teaching her everything she knows about acting and here she is winning the Oscars. Like it's just such a beautiful moment. So dude was a hell of an actor and apparently a hell of a father too, which is I'm sure it was much more important to him. You don't see that very often, but I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's just he was he was one. All of these people are just great, great actors. Some of them might not have been that well known, but I mean, all of them truly were. I mean, it's it's in a way this this gets me more because you think of these as more character actors. I mean, none of them were like a listers, right? But 
this is what the movies are built on is people who are reliable who can be there and be the second person or the third and nail that character every single time and that's all of these all of these actors i mean just yeah. just tremendous you want some better news please yes okay how about something <laughs> that's that's weirdly not dead yet uh, amc has announced that they are going to be rebooting max headroom <laughs> now I, I saw I, I saw that and i'm not sure normally uh, yeah Normally, I I don't care for reboots, right? But in this case, we weren't ready for this show in 1987. No, no, not at all. Uh, because I mean, this was, you know, back in '87, we didn't have the internet, or you know, portable computers you can carry around in your hand, or celebrity politicians as much. Um, Reagan to me never counted any because I never saw any of his movies that. I'm, I'm making that up. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> but they did announce that Matt Frewer is going to be back to be playing Max Hedrum. That is, I hadn't heard that, and now I'm okay with it. Um, because Matt Frewer just absolutely made that character. I mean, the special effects were completely insane, and especially considering that time frame. I mean, they were. Uh, almost kind of done on the shoestring the way they did it, but it, it totally worked and it, and it made that character so great. But I mean, Matt Frewer is another one of these, and thank goodness we still have Matt Frewer with us, who's an amazing actor who just inhabits these characters. I think of him as, I mean, by far, they've done two versions of The Stand, right? They, they did the TV version quite a while ago. Right. Jamie, Jamie Sheridan, who was not really good as Randall Flagg. Um, but most of the rest of the thing was great, and Matt Frewer was amazing as Trash Can Man. Like the, yeah. the dude's, the dude's awesome. I am so stoked. If he's playing Max Hedrum, totally on board. That's that, very, that's very exciting. That's my understanding that he is coming back as Max. That's um, no reason he shouldn't. And I thought this was interesting. Um, one of the people bringing him back is uh, direct, uh, director and producer Chris, Chris Christopher Cantwell. And a producer by the name of uh, was Elijah Wood. Where have I heard that name before? <laughs> but uh, actually, I would never have really connected Elijah Wood to Max Hedrum. But you know what? If that's what he wants to do, I'm all for it. Uh, there, there's no dates attached to this or anything, but still, it's something I'm looking forward to. Yeah, totally. I wasn't at first when I first heard about it, and was like, just show us the original show instead. But it's like, yeah, if Elijah would, especially, seriously, if he's involved, because that's really good news, too. Because he, he gets into some really, really odd uh, properties. Like, this was an uh, odd property, especially back then, but it would, I actually have all of these shows. <laughs> I, I do because it's it's yeah, yeah not a shock I'm sorry um, but yeah it's I, I watch them occasionally and it's still really good it is it really is and it's it's kind of terrifying because it's so prescient and it's like oh wow why did this show of all shows see this coming kind of kind of horrifying but you know I can't wait to hear. <laughs> What Max has to say about life now, because it's going to be strange. 
No word on Amanda Pays coming back, which is, I think, the only disappointing bit about this. Sure. I had such a thing for her back then. I probably still do, but uh, you know, that's along with most of the uh, universe, I think at that at that point. So, <sighs> all right, let's see. Weird news. Weird news, but actually very cool news. <laughs> wait a minute, is... wait a minute. Didn't we just... <laughs> Max Headroom is coming back, and now we have the weird news. Okay, and just now we sure. have the weird news. Um, <laughs> because it has to do with the live-action Avatar The Last Airbender series. Right. Uh, there's a new new casting news this week in the live-action version. James C., and I'm probably mispronouncing, S-I-E. It's C, Psy, I don't know which it is. Anyway... He's been cast as the cabbage merchant. Mm. Now, the thing about that is that, that if you've never seen Avatar, whenever there's somebody gets thrown across a courtyard or something, they land in a cabbage cart and it's and they, the cabbages go everywhere. And it's always the same guy who owns the cabbage cart. So the cabbage merchant is kind of an interesting reoccurring character in the series. And James C., or Psy, or whatever, is the guy who voiced him in the animated version. So he did the original animated version voice, but now he's doing the live-action version of the same character. Nice. Very nice. Don't see that often, and I like it. Even if it is a very minor recurring uh, comic relief character, just doing that, I think, is cool. Very cool. Uh, Let's see. Where to go next? Okay. How about... Well, actually, I'm going to do some rearranging of my notes. So if you can bear with me for just a minute, I'll go ahead and tell you that a comic book study, because this happens occasionally, um, done by PriceCharting.com, who I'll admit I've never heard of before, has found that... In comic books from 1940 to the present, female characters' breast sizes have grown 300%, while their hip-to-waist ratio has declined by 15%. I saw it this week and went, I've got to tell somebody and put it somewhere. I'm putting it in here. Well, Power Girl alone probably accounts for half that. You, Um, You know the reason why her breasts got that big. I love this story. I think it's spectacular. They, When they uh, gave the character of Power Girl, which is a DC comic, the, her own book, it didn't sell particularly well at first. Mm-hmm. And whenever the guy who was in charge, whose name I've forgotten, I apologize, he said he wanted to do stuff with it. And whenever he went to the editors, they said, yeah, go ahead, because we're not really paying attention to your book. So every issue, he would slightly increase the size of her breasts until the book started selling because corny teenagers looked at this comic and went, look at the size of those. And then the editors went, what the hell are you doing with her breasts? They're a lot bigger than we remember them being. He goes, well, I've been increasing them for three years now. (laughs) Oh my God! Good, good editorial control. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, I have a feeling those same guys are in charge of the DCU at this point. So, 
I have, I, I have just, just for legal purposes, I have no verification that there was actual, that that actually happened. But I heard that in an interview or saw that in an interview with him and went, to me, that's funny. So. No surprise. No surprise at all. This leads right into a story on Olivia Coleman. And I do, I would apologize for that, but I did it on purpose because I thought it would be funny. Um, Olivia Coleman has been cast as a character in the Secret Invasion series for the MCU. Lovely. I'm not entirely sure I get this, though. She's been cast as, allegedly still, Union Jack. Interesting. Which I'm still trying to wrap my head around. I mean, I, I'm in a sense, I'm. Gl- I, it's nice to see the character because the character is a a mainstay in the the old Marvel Marvel universe, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of glad sure. that they didn't go Union Jill yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah, no, no reason to do that. No, I I, I, could, I could still see him doing it, but they didn't allegedly. So yay. Um. Just an interesting bit of casting news. Anyway, uh, actually, we do have an apology to make because we reported something incorrectly last week. Uh, the, forth- the forthcoming Daredevil series is not eight episodes. No, it's eighteen. It's which is crazy. Eighteen episodes. Yeah. Which easily makes it the longest of the new newfangled Marvel series. This is, this is yes. More than twice as long as most of them. Um, that really, really interesting, right? Because She-Hulk is half-hour episodes, yeah. and then they're totally setting this up as like a situation office comedy kind of thing, which is fine. I mean, it fits the character. I mean, the She-Hulk, Jennifer, she was breaking the fourth wall for – she has been for decades. Totally fits the character. I mean – I think it'll hopefully it'll be funny. I imagine it will be hilarious, but very interesting that they're going for 18 episodes. That's that's a long arc. Uh, one article I read said that they were hoping, and I totally agree on this, that this would be give them room to do kind of an episode of the week, like uh, they compared it to the X Files, where the X Files had the overarching story, but at the same time they had the monster of the week episodes. So you had little quick hits of, like, oh, this is what this is, and then have a little bit of something that would tie into the overall story, which, of course, we know is going to be kingpin one way or the other. Um, Babylon 5 was excellent at doing that. Very, very cool. I'm so happy to see eight. I, I, that's astounding. I mean, these days, who does an 18-episode arc of anything, which is crazy considering they used to do, like, 32 episodes yeah. or 36 but really, really cool. I mean, that's uh, almost as good as the news that they're bringing back Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio. And no word yet on the rest of the, the crew, but hopefully they bring them back too because that's such a good show on Netflix. And, and yeah, they'll probably tone it down a little bit for Disney+, Plus, but maybe not. Maybe not. They, you know, they've introduced the R-rated films now on Disney Plus. Exactly. You know, which and, a lot of people are very upset about, and a lot of people need to realize: take the remote away from the kids. Yeah. Or on Disney Plus, they have the settings, which some people mistook that they thought is like, oh, they've edited those films. No, they haven't. You just have the parental guidance filter on. 
which showed the filtered version of those. So you can you can tone things down on Disney Plus for those movies, for series like that. It's like you've got that control. So yeah, I if if it's I mean Disney Plus series have been overall excellent. I can't imagine that this won't be because yeah. uh, they've, they've taken their time to set this up. They're bringing the right people back. It, it's still going to they, – they have a lot of uh, work to do to be as good as the Netflix series because that series was amazingly good. The story arc, the action, everything was, was terrific in that. But the fact that they weren't stupid and didn't recast speaks volumes alone, so – because those guys own those roles for sure. Well, actually, you know, speaking of recasting, you want to talk about the Black Panther boycotting? Sure. Yeah, some people are being, as we mentioned in pre-pro. Hi, Ted. Beat you this time. Yep. Yep. You win. Some some people are being kind of silly to me because they want to boycott Black Panther to Wakanda Forever because they're not recasting T'Challa, and because you know, and I get their basic idea because the character is so important to the to the Marvel universe and to people of color that they shouldn't just throw the character away and i i again this is this is how people seem to see so many things as like as if this next thing is the only thing it's like this is not the last marvel movie you guys do know that right you do know that they have created this thing called the multiverse. Do you really think they're not going to bring back another version of T'Challa at some point, portrayed by a different actor? Like, it, it makes perfect sense to pay homage to the actor, Chadwick Boseman, by paying homage to the character of T'Challa. It makes this a much deeper much emotionally, much more emotionally rich film than it would have been anyway. I, I, I can't, it just boggles my mind that people are like, oh, we can't have that. And it's like, are you crazy? It's going to make this. I mean, it's obviously it's a terrible thing that we lost Chadwick Boseman, right? Correct. But to, I can't think of another way to say it, but to use that to their advantage to make a better film. Makes perfect sense to me. To me, that's the absolute best way to say, at least for one film, at least this version of T'Challa has passed. And we can see the grief of his family and his nation, and that's going to carry through to the audience watching this. It's like, how is that not a tribute? Why would you not want that? It's like, yeah, they're going to bring back T'Challa. Are you freaking stupid? They've got uh, how many how many Marvel series and movies have been announced? They've already announced there's four movies in Phase Four, and they've announced the dates for them. They haven't said what the movies are. Ph- phase Six. Like, I'm Phase Seven. I'm sorry. Phase No. Phase Seven. They've announced seven. the dates for Phase Seven. Yes, they announced Phase Five and phase, phase Six, but we know what those are. We don't know what the actual movies are for Phase Seven. Yeah, I said Phase Four. I don't know why we're in Phase Four, but it's like. Yeah, we're getting T'Challa back. Don't worry about it. And yes, it'll be a different actor. But because it's a multiverse, but you know, give us this one movie. Like I I, I just don't understand how people can miss the the point of that. 
Well, I like, mean, they're, they're not retiring the character. No. It's I mean, one th- movie. Let's flip this, though. If they recast it, I think there's going to be more people who are upset that they recast it without paying homage to Ch- Chadwick Boseman. Absolutely there would have been. There would have been an absolute nightmare, and it should have been. Uh, you know, because that was the initial talk is that they were going to, well, not for Marvel, but that was the initial buzz. It's like, oh, wow, should they recast it? No, they shouldn't recast it. That would be terrible. It's like, damn right it would be terrible. I, I have no idea how many people are upset about this. Being the internet, it's probably eight. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's this, it's one of the most stupid things. I mean, granted, this is kind of in, inconsequential, right? But it's one of the most stupid concepts to say is like, oh, they have to recast T'Challa. How dare they like kill him off? It's like, dude, that was a pretty iconic performance. Obviously it was because otherwise y'all wouldn't be so upset about it. And to think that, well, Marvel's just going to totally waste this character. They're never going to bring back T'Challa, the central figure in a movie that made them, what, $1.2 billion. I'm so sure they won't bring that character back. you got to be a freaking moron to think they're not going to do that. One movie, that's all this is. Marvel hasn't been as, you know, it's like, I know they said they're not going to recast T'Challa. I know they said that. But, you know, I think you're in there talking about this phase, the next phase. Again, they've got four movies lined up for phase seven. Like, calm down. We'll, you'll get T'Challa back. But, I mean, frankly, would you want to be the actor playing T'Challa, like, right after? No. It's like, hell no. It's like, Jesus, no. Let me commit professional suicide because people will gut hate me for that. Like, there's no way in hell anybody would do that. Anyway, <clears throat> people are people are really strange. It's like as if the moment is all there is. It's like, you know what? There's another one after that and another and another and another. Anyway. We did get <laughs> some interesting news about the X-Men stuff. We did. I don't know if you saw this. <clears throat> the uh, reason we're not getting X-Men until phase six or seven is because 20th Century Fox's contractual obligations to the actors in the X-movies are still in effect until 2025. Nah, I had not seen that. Interesting. Uh, so that means that the characters uh, are, are not allowed to legally be recast, allegedly. Hmm. Now, that doesn't make, doesn't make sense. If that's actually in the contract, but that sounds to me like they just couldn't use those actors in those roles. I mean, who cares if Fox has on them under contract to play those characters? That's weird. Well, yeah, it, it's apparently, you know, if if they signed a contract to, you know, uh, Blanking on absolutely all the actors except Hugh Jackman. Um, you know, if Hugh Jackman is signed until 2025 to be the only person playing Wolverine, then you can't use Wolverine unless you're using Hugh Jackman, apparently. So that's... In which, in which case, then, make an X-Men movie with Hugh Jackman. I mean, they already brought in Picard, so... That know. made a bit more sense, I think. Yeah, it but, makes more sense than bringing in Jackman. But I mean, obviously, I, hell, they 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 brought an Anson Mount from the one of the worst Marvel properties ever because of the tie-in with that. So, yeah, <clears throat> I mean, frankly, I think they need to recast almost all the X-Men. 
Um, I'm trying to think of any you'd need to keep. Yeah, seriously. I mean, uh, as far as the movies go, I basically all the new movies are just like at best okay. Like X Men First Class, how good is that movie really? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. They they really the- changed up Sebastian Shaw. Although Kevin Bacon says he would like to have his character show up in the MCU. Yeah, but it's just you know none of them are are, are iconic. None of them are iconic. Hugh Jackman, iconic, absolutely, without a doubt. Sir Lovely Patrick Stewart, iconic, absolutely. Is anybody else? I'm trying to come up with somebody. And Kelsey Grammer was really cool as Beast in the first go-round, right? But, mm, okay. Jean Grey, oh my god. Let's not have her in an X-Men movie for like the next ten properties, please. <laughs> I think you've milked that crap to death. See, and as my um, daughter said, what a crappy character. I mean, they couldn't even give her her own code name. The Marvel Girl I was like, how crappy is that? Which is true. Well, okay. In fairness, she was Marvel Girl back in the 60s when yeah. names like that were still considered hip and cool, Daddy-O. Yeah, that was a terrible name. But Sue Storm had her own damn code name. Of course, Sue Storm made sense. Power, yeah, I, I, I was like, you know, look, it's Cyclops and Iceman and Beast and Angel and Jean Grey. That did that. That did not work. No, that didn't work. Anyway, yeah. Frankly, they have enough on their plate without worrying about diving into the X Men anytime soon. Anyway, so probably that's one of their Phase Seven properties. Well, actually, I was thinking something else Disney could grab a hold of, and this is kind of weird and not Marvel related. MGM lost the rights to make a Tomb Raider movie. Which has confused the crap out of everybody who is going to be in the sequel to the, uh, I forgot her name, Alicia Vikander. Yeah. Is that right? Yep. Because uh, that was actually a pretty good version of the of the property. And, mm. well, that's not going to happen now, apparently. Yeah, they must have had some a really strange agreement on that one. How did they lose the rights to that that fast? Jesus. That was quick. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. it. seems like you usually have like 10 years to make some knockoff horrible piece of crap that you dump into theaters just to keep the rights. Ah, someone slipped up. Are you referring to the 1994 Fantastic Four movie? I'm referring to almost anything that Fox did for that matter. Uh, but yeah, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> if you've never had the opportunity to see that, here's a quick review. Um, don't do it sober. Yeah, no kidding. Ben Grimm it's, looks great, though, doesn't he? It's like you can probably go to I mean, you can go to Party City and get a better costume that looks like the thing than that. Oof. The, Night, nightmarish. Who who is Richard Corman? Is that right? I always thought it was Harvey Corman that directed it, and that made more sense in my head. Because <laughs> it was just not a good. I, I don't think there was anything good in that film. Um, well, the, they did have daylight scenes that looked like they were filmed in the day. Other than that, I think that was it. Roger, yeah, that, Roger, yeah. Roger Corman, I blanked out on his name too. Poor guy. Roger He's probably Corman. only made like 7,000 movies. 
Something like that. So you'd think, and yet, oh, well, what a shame. That's actually all I have this week. You have anything else you want to throw in? Um, there are some interesting series, is, 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 is. like if, if you happen to have HBO Max, there is a series on called The Last Movie Stars, which is, if you like behind-the-scenes stuff, very, 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 very cool. It's about Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward, and very interesting how this came up. Ethan Hawke, huge fan of Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward both, and for whatever reason, he came across. Uh, he wanted to. He wanted to do like a biography, basically a biopic of of Newman, not like a, a fictional piece, but like a, a documentary. And word must have gotten around Hollywood somehow. But one of Newman's daughters said, "Is like, hey, uh, I don't know if you know this, but my dad was taping memoirs." And he had heard about this, and he was super excited, and then found out that Paul Newman chucked them all in a fire. It's like, nope, not going to do it after all, even though he had like taped hundreds of hours for, for this memoir. And then the daughter says, but here's the good thing. His agent or whoever uh, has transcriptions of all of them. So <laughs> Ethan Hogg gets the gets the transcriptions of all of these tapes and this is he was doing this in the middle of the pandemic although that was kind of a weird statement because we're still in the middle of the pandemic but at the height of the pandemic right. so he, he gets together with his hollywood buddies <clears throat> on zoom and puts together this six-part i believe documentary on paul newman and joanne woodward and again it's called the last movie stars and Interesting, lots of footage of Newman and Woodward, film clips, and just some interviews with, with them. Very cool thing they've done. Laura Linney reads Joanne Woodward's words from just from the transcripts. George Clooney reads as Paul Newman. They have various actors jumping in as like Gore Vidal is one of their close friends. So you have these performances of the actors reading their own words. And yet you have lots of film clips, lots of background info. Like, for, for instance, I didn't realize that Newman – two quick things. And this is just from the first episode is that Newman always talked about he had the Newman luck in a good way. But there was a twist to it. So what a lot of people probably knew because I knew that he <clears throat> he very much wanted the part – the part that launched his career, I mean, wasn't his first part. The part that really got him noticed was Somebody Up There Likes Me. He played Rocky Graziano. Uh, he wasn't up for the part because James Dean was. James Dean has a car accident, and he's dead, and Newman gets the part, and his career took off, his first big hit. So he got a huge break, but at someone else's expense. Newman served in the Navy in World War II because Paul Newman was around for a long time. Wanted to be a pilot. He was colorblind, couldn't be a pilot, so he was like a radio corpsman assigned to a squadron. His squadron was assigned to join an aircraft carrier. His pilot, as in the pilot in his plane, came down on an air They pulled him out of – they pulled his unit, his plane, out of that squadron. The rest of the squadron was assigned to the aircraft carrier. Two or three weeks later, aircraft carrier is hit and sunk. Over 400 people killed. 
So, again, incredibly lucky that he was around, but 400 guys died. The only reason he wasn't there is his pilot had an earache. So he's just talking about how things kept on breaking for him, but there was always like – he didn't really make a huge point of it, but there's always a cost to someone else, which kind of made him feel – you know. Great luck, but at the same time, geez. Uh, but really, really interesting stuff. They come across as very, as you would imagine, very interesting people, very much movie stars, but also really incredibly hardworking at their craft. Joanne Woodward was a much bigger star than Newman was initially. He was still just kind of thought, I was like, yeah, he's pretty good. And she won the Oscar for Three Faces of Eve. And she was this. Tremendously important actress, and then he gradually passed her in popularity, but just how well how the relationship continued and as strong as it was. But uh, anyway, that's on HBO Max, and of course you can pick up several movies of either of theirs on HBO Max as well, but really, really good series if you're interested in the behind the scenes and and again it's uh it's not just it's not just like who the celebrity lifestyle it's much more about who they really were and about the the craft of acting and really interesting to hear ethan hawk talk about it because the dude knows something about acting himself and you know you got vincent d'onofrio just mentioned him earlier and no he doesn't play kingpin in this although that would be totally badass if he did and uh (laughs) But yeah, very, very cool insights from all of these actors and writers and just in, in the process is really, really cool stuff. Very, very interesting. And to see just how Joanne Woodward and that threw me off because in my head I went to Joanne Worley. <laughs> that would have been and I went, very, wait, very I don't remember different. the two of them being together in a thing. What Joanne, the hell? Joanne Worley. Oh my god. <laughs> Yes, Paul Newman, live from Laugh-In. Uh, and there's probably like five people who know who the hell Joanne Worley is. When, and two of us are two of them are us, but anyway. Hi, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Joanne Woodward is a, uh, was just such a great actress. And still is with us, 92 years old. But wow. uh, I thought she was really interesting because, I mean, she's pretty, but she's never, to me, never looked like what you would think of as like the typical – star actress at all much more like a character actress like from the moment she hit the screen amazing i mean three faces of eve for christ's sake that's just such an incredible movie but really cool stuff so if you want some something to watch other than trailers there's some stuff to watch out there for sure in your own which is a great idea because not only do we now have COVID, we also have monkeypox. <laughs> it's like, what the hell is going on with this this decade? <laughs> Jesus. Stock up on your masks. They're coming back in fashion. Yeah. Anyway, yes, all this stuff is highly contagious. So seriously, if you really need to go out, wear a mask. Otherwise, stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. 
I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Darn, that's the end.